0: Well, this has never happened before. I mean, curves have inverted. Obviously, we've been talking about curve inversions for quite some time. The U.S. Treasury yield curve has been upside down since March, in and out, and then more heavily since June. The Eurodollar futures curve has been inverted since last December, again, same type of behavior, little little, tiny bit at the start, and then in and out of inversion before, far more heavily inverted, 2007 style inverted since around mid-June also. But this curve has never actually inverted, at least not in this way before. This is unprecedented behavior from Germany's curve. Now Germany's curve is a very important indication, not just about Europe, but the rest of the world too, of course, because Germany is an important part of the global economic system, as well as the financial architecture, which makes it all go. So what are we talking about here? Germany's curve inversion, what does it mean? Where are we going? Unprecedented, historic, all of these things seem to be keep, keep happening, one, one, one warning sign after another. So today let's talk about specifically the German curve inversion, what it means in the context of everything else that we see going on. Now of course, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University, and let's start today with today's date. Today is September 26th. As I speak, the German bond market, at least the regular session, has closed. And the inversion is not just unprecedented, it continues to get deeper and deeper. Now, what I'm talking about is specifically the spread between the 10-year bond and the 30-year bond, so the long end of the yield curve in Germany's federal securities. As of, I wrote this down, as of today, the German 10-year was 2.06% according to to, uh, the German central bank, the Bundesbank, uh, and the 30-year bond was 1.9%. So we're talking 16 basis points upside down, which maybe doesn't sound like a whole lot, at least in the context of, you know, the U.S. Treasury yield curve inversion, which is, you know, 40, 50 basis points inverted at some at some spots, uh, including the long end of the curve, including the 10 year, between the 10 year to 30 year treasury bond too. But the German bond curve, especially this long end between the 10 and 30 had never ever inverted at any point in its history. Now, the 30-year bond was offered for the first time going back to August of 2000. Uh, back then, the German curve was sort of flattening to inverted because Germany was about to go into recession. In fact, when the German 30-year bond was offered, Germany had, had, had uh, the German economy had come into, what was close to recession, then would, would follow into real recession the following year, the next year, 2001, just like the US economy. And then again, in 2006 and 2007, Germany's yield curve flashed warning signs just as the U.S. Treasury yield curve had, but it still never inverted in 2006 and 2007 before it would finally invert in 2008, but only one particular different segment, which I'll get to in a minute. But the 10 to 30 year segment of the the German curve never even came really that close to inverting in 2008. And over the last 10 years, Germany's curve had been uh, started out the post-crisis era relatively steep and then gradually getting flatter and flatter and flatter until we get to 2018 and 2019. Flatter and flatter, COVID, uh, pandemic recession, 2020, flatter and flatter still, 2021, flatter and flatter. I think you can get the, the, the message here, the theme here, until the ECB started hiking rates just recently, uh, even before the ECB hiked rates because... As we saw in the treasury, mar- treasury market, Euro dollar futures, something big happened globally around mid-June into July and August, and that included the German bond curve too, where the long end of that curve, including the five to 10-year segment, as well as this 10 to 30-year segment we're focusing on, flattened dramatically and then inverted just in the last week or so. Now, the 10 to 30-year spread, as I said, Right now is 16 basis points upside down for a, for a part of that curve that has never inverted before. And again, the entire German bond, bond curve has only inverted one other day, one other time in its entire history in any part of it. And that was only about five or six basis points in June of 2008. So up until now, Germany's curve resisted inversion because Germany's a much more, I don't want to say... Um, less risky but you know less dynamic less um what's the right word here like the treasury market it, it applies um there's much more uh, much more volatility much more serious uh transaction germany's boring germany's not supposed to invert because the german german markets uh the german economy is really dependable at least it has been in its post reunification eras particularly in the 21st century Where german financial system is is the rock of europe and so you don't expect to see the german curve invert because why would it except for that one time it had in 2008 so let's go back to 2008 let's let's see if we can't figure out what's going on here so this is june of 2008 the ecb is getting together to do its regular policy meeting because that's what they do they have regular policy meetings in the debate all sorts of things including what their stochastic econometric models are telling them about the economy as well as what they should do about what they think is going on in the economy in june of 2008 sounded a whole heck of a lot like june of 2022. they were concerned about oil prices particularly the fact that it didn't seem to that no matter what anybody did anywhere and what any whatever happened along the way oil prices didn't seem to want to go down in fact they they continued to just go up and up and up seemingly with no end in sight. So by the time the ECB got together in June of 2008, Bear Stearns was already behind us, behind us, I mean the entire planetary system because it was that important. And it seemed to be as if, you know, hey, the Federal Reserve had done a good job managing Bear Stearns, all that uh, subprime mortgage crisis, the stuff that had gone on in European money market funds in 2007, it kind of seemed like maybe Europe and the rest of the world had gotten by without experiencing any real damage from those things. But then you had these curves starting to flash warning signs. But policymakers, central bankers, economists, like they will do, ignored them because they were hyper-focused on oil prices. Not that they could do anything about oil prices, again, sounds very familiar to this year, but because they are focused on, or they believe that, High oil prices contribute to inflation expectations. So the, I believe it was June 8th of 2008, the ECB gets together. A fellow by the name of Jean-Claude Trichet had been the ECB's governor, the president, the leader of that that, that particular institution. And he was asked about what the ECB was doing because at that time, again, Central bankers thinking the global financial crisis was not global, it wasn't much financial anymore, and it wouldn't be a crisis. They thought that was all done. Bear Stearns was the end of the affair. And so they turned their attention exclusively toward oil prices and the fears that they had, not about deflation, but what oil prices were going to do in terms of inflation expectations, specifically in Europe here. So here's Trichet in June of 2008 saying, Broadly based second round effects stemming from the impact of higher energy and food prices on wage and price setting behavior must be avoided. Not is there too much money, not even really about oil prices in particular, but price and wage setting behavior must be avoided. In this context, the governing council is concerned about the existence of schemes in which nominal wages are indexed to consumer prices as we hear so much today, the dreaded wage price or the theoretical dreaded wage price spiral. So the idea is essentially, not is this really inflation, not is there too much money, because obviously there wasn't in 2008, we can say that with with, uh, complete uh, surety and certainty. But at the time, they were more concerned about the psychological impact of high oil prices then contributing to not just um, not just uh, people's expectations, but also specifically about any wage schemes that are, nom- that are indexed to consumer price indexes. In Europe, that's the HICP as well as the CPI. So again, it's about expectation, wages and prices, not too much money. And in, in the middle of 2000, June of 2008, the ECB was saying, we probably need to consider hiking interest rates because we're at risk of those things taking place. We're at risk of those things happening. Now, he was asked, and he specifically mentioned the monetary, the money supply. And Trichet, again, the monetary analysis confirms the prevailing upside risks to price stability, upside risks to price stability at medium and longer term horizons. Annual M3 growth remained very vigorous in April, which was the last statistics at at that point, supported by continued strong growth of MFI loans to the private sector. So not only do we have the... uh, In Germany and Europe, we have uh, oil prices contributing to consumer prices and consumer price indexes that maybe get linked to nominal wage increases that they're concerned about with all that financial crisis stuff in the rear of your mirror, mirror. they're concerned that if they don't do something to interrupt this wage price spiral, this psychology of high oil prices, it could become, uh, inflation expectations could become unanchored. And that's what, what was what, what was driving the agenda in the European Central Bank at that time. Hike rates because of expectations, this wage price spiral. Pay no attention to all that other stuff because Bear Stearns was behind them. Except Germany's curve, like the other curves around the rest of it, but in G- particular, Germany's yield curve had flattened. It had flattened dramatically. And it, it forced uh, Mr. Trichet to at least comment on it. In his analysis of M3 money growth, he said, but you know, M3 money growth is really pretty stout here. It's almost double digits, which seems inflationary. But he also said, while the impact of the flat yield curve and other temporary factors suggest that annual M3 growth continues to overstate the underlying pace of money expansion. So What is he saying here? There's something about the flat yield curve that says Forget M3, M3, nah, that's not a real statistic, as we know, Uh, anybody who's a a fan or a show uh, who has been following Eurodollar University knows M3 is an incomplete statistic, even though they call it the the broadest money definition, it doesn't capture everything, certainly not outside of the uh, Europe, in this case, the European system. Uh, it certainly doesn't capture all everything that what banks are doing in terms of derivatives, collateral, all these other things that go outside the traditional definitions. So even here, Trichet hedges. He says, "Yes, we're more we're we're, we're laser focused on oil prices and what they're going to do, but you know, M3 is pretty strong. But this flat German yield curve has kind of got our attention too because of what it suggests is that at least M3 growth." overstates the underlying pace of monetary expansion. Something else is going on because what the inverted curve said, or the flattening curve up until then had said is that more financial market participants were hedging against deflationary outcomes to the point that nobody wanted to take the other side of those transactions to keep curves upward sloping. And as more and more began to hedge, the curves became more and more distorted. In fact, um, you got some statistics here. Around the time that Bear Stearns had, didn't fail, but it almost failed. In the middle of March, 2008, the spread between the five-year Boble and the 10-year bond had been 57 basis points. So it was relatively steep, but that was still flatter than it had been earlier. Uh, 57 basis points, and then that narrowed to 23 basis points. So you had a 34 basis point compression in this key part of the German Bund curve, up until June of 2008, June, June 8th of 2008, when the ECB was debating raising interest rates because of inflation. So there was already this tremendous amount of flattening in this part of the yield curve. Um, by the time that uh, the, the, that the uh, ECB press conference finished up on June 8th of 2008, that spread had dropped 16 more basis points to just plus seven. So it was barely, po- really flat yield curve on June 8th of 2008. And then the following Monday, June 9th, um, it would fully invert at minus six basis points. And that was an enormous 29 basis point compression on top of what had already been a 34 basis point compression over the since Bear Stearns. So they were saying inflation M3 double digit growth, but the flat yield curve was saying, throw those things aside. The financial system itself is more likely to be hedging the not hedging against deflationary outcomes in the money system as well as the real economy. In fact, he was even asked about this by the lone journalist interested in doing journalism at that time. Uh, The question was, question, and finally last month in June 2008, I wonder whether you were surprised by the sharp yield curve inversion that followed your press conference and whether or not you see potential losses from banks on the basis of that yield curve as yet another financial risk to or another risk to financial stability, and in line with further bank write downs and ongoing ongoing money market tensions, so someone in the financial press was connecting the flattening yield curve with not inflation but all the other ongoing money market tensions. I love the euphemisms here, which is outright deflationary consequences. In fact, he had Trichet had bristled at the very idea that the ECB was in anything but in control of the situation. Not just the situation, but also interpreting the situation. They were absolutely certain inflation was going to be the biggest risk and they had better get going on raising interest rates before this this wage price scheme started to set in and inflation expectations psychology really began to bite. Um, As he said in response to another question, We are not behind the curve. We are in the view of the governing council at the appropriate position, which was a bias toward raising rates. And that's really what the yield curve, the inversion was saying. Again, dramatically in dramatic fashion, unprecedented fashion in Germany, because the German curve doesn't invert. But yet here it was, June of 2008, the ECB says we need to raise rates because of inflation. And the long end of the yield curve said, nope, you don't need to raise rates. We've got more deflationary risk than inflationary risk. And so even though over the intervening period between June and July 2008, those, between those two meetings, nominal rates rose, the yield curve never sorted itself out because that was the market saying, yeah, we realize you're going to raise rates, but we also think that you're completely wrong about it. And it was it was the market's way of, of putting a stamp on just how bad things had gotten in the middle of 2008 while central bankers were convinced everything was fine and that inflation consumer prices psychology oil prices all those things were the primary risks to the european and global economy of course we know how this turns out that wasn't the case that wasn't true the markets were correct the inverted yield curve was was a pretty stout signal a pretty dependable signal of what was actually going on. Ongoing money market tensions, not just in, you know, the United States about subprime mortgages, but globally, including euro-denominated money because the euro-dollar system doesn't care about denominations. It's all about banks operating in the entire across the entire global landscape. And so if you have a problem in the banking system, that's a problem for euros, that's a problem for dollars, that's a problem for yen, yuan, everything in between. As we're seeing today. So what are we seeing today in Germany's curve? As I said before, the 30-year, 10-year spread, the 10-year, 30-year spread had never inverted before. And now it's ridiculously upside down. And oh, by the way, over the last week or so, the spread between the 5-year and 10-year, the part that did invert in 2008, that has nearly inverted too. That has flattened out as low as a basis point. And depending upon where you get your prices for German bonds? I used the Bundesbank, which said the spread was about eight basis points today. Uh, I saw on Bloomberg earlier that it's one. So essentially, that part between the five-year and ten-year, uh, the five-year ten-year segment of the German bond curve, is at least nearly inverted, or as flat as as it has been since two thousand eight. It hasn't. It didn't get this flat in twenty twenty. Certainly not in twenty eighteen, nor any time in between, including. nasty re-recession in 2011 and 2012 so the german bond curve today is sending unprecedented signals warning signs alarms something isn't right and the something isn't right we can hear echo from these press conferences back in 2008 where ecb officials say oil prices psychology expectations As I talked about in my last conversation with Steve Van Meter, the video that just posted uh, yesterday, a couple days ago, whatever it was, um, even Christine Lagarde in 2022 has admitted, rate hikes are gonna do nothing about oil. It's not about oil. It's not even about inflation. It's not even about consumer prices. It's about psychology. So like 2008, central bankers in Europe, like their counterparts in the Fed, are more concerned about the psychology of oil prices while the monetary system itself is sending you all of these ridiculous, sometimes unprecedented inversions that are talking about ongoing money market tensions. So as we continue toward the end of this year, we have rate hikes, mainstream media, the narrative about inflation. Then we have ongoing money market tensions that are rising precipitously to the point that it has upended what is supposed to be one of the most boring financial markets in the world, the Germany Bund curve. So truly unprecedented, something that is unfortunately, sadly, all too consistent with the context that we see. Of course, today, again, as I said, was it September 26th? Everybody woke up to the pound sterling crisis. Um, no surprise there. there. Shouldn't there At least there shouldn't be a surprise there. We're seeing the yuan tank, yen tank, rising dollar against everything, which is Oh, t- tremendously ominous signal. I like, guess I said before, US Treasury curve is upside down. Now we've got unprecedented inversions in the German Bund curve. The marketplace is saying ongoing money market tensions. And at some point, that's gonna be a pretty serious problem that even central bankers will no longer be able to play psychology about. And that's, I think, really the message here, the, the final this final summation of, of what we're seeing is that the market is continuing sending a global marketplace, continuing to send these signals which say, pay attention to what's going on in the monetary system, not to these quote unquote monetary officials who pay no attention to what happens in the monetary system. And that's really what, what the, that's the consistency between this time and last time. Now, I'm saying, not saying that we're going to repeat 2008 because that will never repeat. History doesn't repeat exactly but ongoing money market tensions can meet a lot of things, none of which are good, even if it doesn't mean we're gonna repeat 2008. So something to keep an eye on as we go forward. As always, I always have to thank the Eurodollar University members. Thank you all, uh, thank everybody for watching, and all the viewers. Um, I supposed to tell you about subscribing to the channel and all that stuff, you know what to do. Uh, and you can find me some of this information uh, I wrote this story, an uh, article on Real Clear Markets. Um, you can go check it out there. The entire history, the history behind the German Bund curve inversion, as well as what happened in two thousand eight. And you also, you also can find me in, in the research that we do here at eurodollar.university. So with that, take care. I'll see you next time.